0: Well, you're probably wondering where Pastor and Joni are today. Well, they are in uh, Illinois. They should be in Illinois, spending some time with Tim and and his wife and uh, just enjoying the services there where he's on staff as a pastor. And uh, so we're just grateful they can get away and have some time for that. And so thank you for letting them do that. If you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn to the book of Acts. Go ahead and turn to the book of Acts. Acts. Uh, just another reminder, Pastor Ben already told you, but uh, for those of you who have signed up for the trip on Saturday, uh, we're going to try to load up the bus again at 7.45 and get out of here by 8 o'clock. The game starts around 3, I believe, and uh, last time I checked, it's supposed to be about 81 degrees for a high and very little chance of rain, so it should be a great day. And more importantly, it's just going to be a great time of being together with the guys. And, yeah, I know you're coming, Jake. You're coming. To the game. With, with us. With Bob Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> Saturday. Next Saturday. Okay. All right. I heard you yell out when Pastor Ben mentioned it earlier. I was like, yes, somebody's excited to go. I'm not a Twins fan. So I, uh, it's just, I'm here for the guys. So for those of you who are Twins fans, I feel sorry for you. But, you know, I, I'm there for you. So... um Last Sunday, you know, was Graduation Sunday. And but in the in the the large scope of things, it was called Pentecost Sunday. Maybe some of you didn't know that. Last Sunday was Pentecost Sunday. And in the Old Testament, it was called the Feast of Pentecost. And it occurred 50 days after Passover. And it was also called the Feast of Weeks, and because of it, uh, because it was seven weeks after that day, the, the Passover celebration, it marked the completion of the barley harvest. And it was a time when they were to give thanks for to God for that harvest. Let me just stop there, and I want to pray and just bless this message today. Father, we give you thanks again for your presence for your Holy Spirit's presence here with us. And we give you thanks for your word today that even though it was written thousands of years ago, Lord, it is still applicable to us right now. And I pray that you would help us to understand that even in a greater way today, in Jesus' name, amen. During the Feast of Pentecost, every male, every Israelite male, had to go and present themselves at the sanctuary of the temple. And when they did that, they were to bring two baked loaves of new, fine, leavened flour. Very specific. And there were also animal sacrifices that were going to be going on to cover their sins, along with some peace offerings. Most importantly, though, it was a reminder of the time that God delivered them out of slavery from Egypt. For believers today, it has a much different meaning. Most people, in fact, I would guess maybe many of you, if not most of you, had no idea that it was a feast from the Old Testament. We just don't talk about it because it really has no bearing on us today. We talk about it as what God did for us through the Holy Spirit. We know about Pentecost because of what happened early in Acts chapter 2. And after Jesus had ascended to the right hand of the Father, Jesus, or excuse me, before that, Jesus had told his followers in Acts chapter 1 to go to Jerusalem and wait there until the promise of the Father was given. If you want to turn to Acts 1, uh, verses 4 and 5, it says this. This is Jesus speaking. Uh, Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, saying this, Do not leave Jerusalem... Until the Father sends you the gift He promised, as I told you before. John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, if you can, imagine to yourself what they might have been thinking at this point in time. Because they had no idea what was coming, no idea. So while while Jesus was still with them, he asked them, excuse me, they asked him when the kingdom of God was going to be restored. And Jesus answered them by saying this in verses 7 and 8, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That is an interesting reply to the question about when the kingdom of God was going to be restored. Some people might believe that the giving of the Holy Spirit was connected to the restoration of the kingdom. I think they'd be correct. Jesus knew that the restoration or the coming of the kingdom of God would happen by his followers telling other people about him. They thought Jesus had come to restore the kingdom on his own. They thought he had come to overthrow the Roman government, their oppressors. But they were wrong. Jesus came to help them restore the kingdom of God Not just the sovereignty of Israel, but anyone who had faith in God. And he was going to use them to do it. But they didn't know that. He came to give them the message of salvation through himself. And to give them the tools that they would need to accomplish the huge task that God had given them, or was going to give them, I should say. And one of those tools was the giving of the Holy Spirit. Verse 8, again, says it very clearly. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people everywhere about me, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Power. They were going to receive power, strength, courage to do the the big task, the huge task that God was calling them to do. So, they went to Jerusalem and they waited. And they waited. And they waited. And they waited without really knowing what they were waiting for. They were just told to go and wait for the gift, but they really didn't know what that was. They had no idea what to expect. They just knew it was the promised gift of the Father, but they really didn't know what, or I should say who that was. But they believed and they trusted Jesus. And because of that, they went and they waited. Question for you. Do you believe and trust Jesus today? Do you and I believe and trust Jesus today? Do we trust that what he says in his word is true? Do we trust that what he asks us to do, that he will enable us to do that? Just like these followers in the Acts. And that brings us to Acts chapter 2. So if you want to f- turn there. Acts chapter 2. The first four verses say this. On the day of Pentecost. All the believers were meeting together in one place. Now i me just stop there for a moment. Because it was a feast. Because it was something that all the Israelites were supposed to do. There was going to be a lot of people in Jerusalem for that day. For that time. So, these believers were meeting together in one place. Verse 2, Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames of tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit, and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. That experience that we just read about, we, today we call that the baptism in the Holy Spirit. This was the first time that the Holy Spirit was given to an individual or a group of people in this way. In the Old Testament, there were many times the Holy Spirit was given to an individual or maybe a small group of people to do specific tasks. We read about that all throughout the Old Testament. There were many times when the Holy Spirit was given to an individual, maybe like a prophet, to go and prophesy to the Lord's people or maybe even others to warn them of God's coming judgment if they did not change, if they did not turn away from their sin. It was the Holy Spirit that enabled them to do this. But this time that we just read about in Acts chapter 2, it is the first time the Holy Spirit was given, like I said, to a group or an individual where they all spoke in different languages. And here's the important part, languages that they did not know. There are other places in the New Testament where people were baptized in the Holy Spirit. In the book of Acts, you can find them. And in those instances, there there were no reports of the sound of a mighty windstorm. There were no reports of flames of fire upon their heads like this. But there was something that was present. There was something that was a part of this initial outpouring of the gift of the Holy Spirit that was reported, or at least alluded to in these other places. That one thing that they all had in common was the ability of those present to speak in languages that they did not already know. Something that we today call speaking in tongues. As a church, we call this also the initial physical evidence that someone has been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And this is what Jesus was alluding to in Acts chapter one, verse five, when he said, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. See, I'm convinced though that even when he said this, when he, he told them what was gonna happen, there was no way for them to understand what that really meant. There's just no way. We believe that the baptism in the Holy Spirit or the ability to speak in tongues is an outward sign that someone has received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we refer to it as the infilling of the Holy Spirit. We can use the words baptize or infilling interchangeably. They basically mean the same thing. This is the experience that really separates our church, not just this church, but our church as a whole, from most other church denominations. Although many churches believe that what happened there in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 2, they don't believe that it happens still today. They believe that it happened then, because it's kind of hard to refute Scripture, although sometimes they try to do that, don't they? But they believe that it happened then, but they just don't believe it's for today. That is why our church, if you want to call it a label, we carry the label of Pentecostal. Because it goes back to that day of Pentecost, the giving of the Holy Spirit. Because we not only believe it happened back then in Acts chapter 2 and other places in the book of Acts, we believe that it still happens today. We also believe that it is a gift that God wants to give every single follower of Jesus Christ. It's a gift that he makes available to anyone. Our church is a Pentecostal church because we believe people are still being filled and baptized in the Holy Spirit and still speak in tongues when they are baptized in the Holy Spirit. However, not everyone understands what it means to be filled with the Spirit, and some are even afraid of having that experience. I want you to watch this short video with me.
1: I'm an introvert, so when it came to thinking about being baptized in the Holy Spirit, I, I was scared to death of going down front and people laying their hands on me and, and all that. I, I was just, the thought of that almost made me break out in hives. It was a Sunday night at the end of service, and the pastor called people forward to the altar if they wanted to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, and with, with some hesitation, I went down, and sure enough... I was surrounded by people and they were praying loudly and and I was shutting down. I wasn't thinking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I was thinking about getting out of there. And one one old lady, the church grandma, came down. She knew me and she recognized what was going on. And she just shooed all those people away. And she knelt down next to me and she said, Rodney, uh, are you ready to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? And I said, I am. And very quietly, no sensationalism, I didn't shout, I didn't dance, I didn't jump. She prayed with me, and I began to pray in my prayer language. I'm so thankful for a church grandma that knew it didn't always have to happen with big emotion and big excitement, but the Holy Spirit would work within the confines of my personality and and gloriously fill me.
0: Maybe your story is similar to to Rod's story. You want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You've heard about it, and you want that because you, you want what God has for you. You want the gifts that he has for you. And yet there can be some hesitancy to go forward for prayer or to ask others to pray for us. Maybe you've had a bad experience in the past. Maybe you were like him and, and you came forward for prayer and, and a lot of people gathered around you and they were really loud and, and it didn't help. In fact, it hurt. Maybe, that, maybe something like that happened to you. Or maybe you've been praying and praying and praying and asking and asking and asking and, asking and it, it just hasn't happened for whatever reason. And so you've kind of just given up. He was scared of being in front of others. If you notice, he, he's a pastor today, and he's, he actually pastors a fairly large church. He's not afraid of being in front of others now, I think, because he has the Holy Spirit to give him the courage to do it. But he was scared of being in front of others. He came forward for prayer, and, and his... Fears were realized because the people came around him and they started making a lot of noise and, and he just he he started shutting down, he said. But thankfully someone came along, the, the church grandma came along, kind of moved everybody else off and just prayed with him on her own. He was able to focus in not on what was going on around him, but what was going on in him. And he was able to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. God can work in us any way He wants to. It doesn't have to be a lot of flash or or fanfare or noise. It can be very quiet, very subdued, and He still works in us. Let's be honest, though, sometimes there is fear involved, isn't there? The baptism in the Holy Spirit is a supernatural event. What is supernatural? Well, it's something that is not natural. (laughs) It is beyond the natural. And because it is not natural, it is something that we can fear because we don't understand it. But I want to tell you today, it's not something that you need to fear. It's something that you should welcome into your life because it's something that God wants to give us, to give you. Guess what? I'm talking about supernatural. There are people outside the walls of this church who are looking for the supernatural. They want it. And they may not even realize that it is available in the church through God. All you have to do is look at what is popular out there today, such as in movies. Superstars, superheroes, science fiction, all these things are looking at things that really are beyond the natural. There's a huge draw, isn't there? They are looking for the supernatural, but unless they are looking for it in an experience with God, they will not find what they are looking for. Now, they will find something. They will find something, but it will not be what they're looking for. I can guarantee that. Don't get me wrong, Satan has a lot of counterfeits, doesn't he? He has a lot of supernatural counterfeits out there. We could name them off. Ouija boards, horoscopes, fortune tellers, etc., etc. And why are those things still popular today? Because people are craving supernatural. They just don't know where to look for it. People are trying to fill the void that is in their life, the spiritual void that only the supernatural power of God can fill. Don't be afraid of talking about the supernatural things of God with people. You don't have to be afraid. It may be the one thing that actually piques their interest. It may be the one thing that actually draws them closer to God. So don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid of talking about the supernatural works of God. Don't be afraid to ask God to fill you with his Holy Spirit because we need the supernatural working of the Spirit in our lives. We absolutely do. We already read about this one reason in Acts 1.8, so that we can be witnesses for God to those around us to help them understand his love and his forgiveness. We need supernatural power to do this. And God is willing to give you and I the gift of his Holy Spirit if, if we are willing, if we will simply receive it. Which leads me to another supernatural thing, and it is the supernatural working of the Spirit in our lives. Time does not permit us to look at all the supernatural things that, that God has done throughout time and you know, that we can find in the Scriptures but I do want to look at one aspect of his power that, makes, that he makes available to us. Again, we must not neglect the work of the Spirit in us and through us. I want you to watch another short video, this time by Pastor Rob Ketterling, who pastors a church over in Minnesota.
2: I just want to encourage you to believe for more. I can tell you this, sometimes we think God wants to do it for other people, but God wants to do it for everyone. And I want you to have your faith rise up. My own son was healed of autism. Now, I know people say that can't happen, but my son was in special ed for two years. He would line everything up like a train. He couldn't make eye contact. And one day after church, with just a simple prayer, we laid hands on him and prayed for him. A prophecy was given that God would heal our son for his glory. Our son started to look up at us, he no longer made the train. We brought him to special ed, the teacher said, what happened to Connor? I'm telling you, we told her that he was healed, she brought him the supervisor. They could not believe what God had done. I want you to believe for more. I was in a position where I saw God as a loving God, I saw him as a kind God but I didn't believe for more. And that day changed me forever. I believe God for more. I believe that God wants to do the miraculous. I believe he wants to heal. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can lean into this. There's no shortage of supply, and I'm saying believe for more.
0: That's just one example. I don't know about you, but just listening to that, watching that, encourages me to believe for more from God. Whatever that more may be. To believe for more of the supernatural working of the Holy Spirit in my life. But not just in my life, but in your lives. Hebrews thirteen eight says this. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In essence, he's talking about God. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. The same power that was available in the Old Testament and in the New Testament is still available for us today. I'm going to go back to my question I asked you earlier. Do you believe and trust Jesus? Do you believe and trust Jesus? In John 14, 12, Jesus says this, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. Will you be like Pastor Rob? Who now believes for more because of what God did for his son, healing him of autism. And this is important. Pastor Rob, he he saw God as a loving God, he saw God as a kind God, but he did not believe for more before God healed his son. As a pastor, he didn't believe for more until God proved himself. When his son was healed, it changed his life forever. He now believes God for more. He believes God wants to do the miraculous. He believes that God wants to heal. He believes God wants to do more. In our lives. Is Pastor Rob's story your story today? Do you believe that God is a loving God? Do you believe that God is a kind God? But that God doesn't really do more today? Do you believe that God doesn't want to do more in your life for whatever reason? I would say if you don't believe that, then you don't believe and trust Jesus. Because Jesus has said it over and over again. He wants to do more in us, through us. That word more encompasses a lot of things, doesn't it? It isn't just about healing, it's about more than that. I'm almost afraid to try to list of things that could be more because I don't want to miss your more. I don't want to miss whatever it is in your life that you're missing today that you want more from God for. I don't want to miss your specific need that you have right now that you need God to do more God knows what your more is God knows what your more is he knows not just what you want but he knows what you need today I want to read a quote to you from the general superintendent of our fellowship, Doug Clay. He recently wrote an article about what it means to be Pentecostal. He writes this, It's never sufficient simply to describe the Holy Spirit. We must experience Him. We can read about the Spirit, we can debate about the Spirit, or ponder about the Spirit. But until we encounter him for ourselves, we will never understand how his power and his presence change everything. There is so much more that I could say about the Holy Spirit. But like I just read, we don't don't just need more knowledge. We need to experience him We need to experience the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I want to give you the opportunity to do that today. I'm going to ask the musicians that are coming, if you would make your your way up here, please. If you're looking at your clocks, it's only 1125, 1126. And there's a reason for that, because I want to give the Holy Spirit an opportunity to do more in our lives today. Maybe you're here today, and and this might be the first time you've ever heard about Pentecostalism. Maybe it's the first time you've ever heard about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I don't know. Maybe it's the first time you've ever heard about speaking in tongues, or at least maybe in a positive way. (laughs) If you want that, if you want the gift that God wants to make available to you today, if you would like to be Baptized in the Holy Spirit. If you would like to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit today, you can do that. Because it's a gift that He simply wants to give us. Now, there's going to be some of us down here that are going to pray with you if you want. If you don't want us to pray with you, we won't. Just come forward and and talk to one of us. If you want to pray on your own, you can certainly do that. But there will be others here to pray with you, pray for you. We're not just going to pray for the baptism or the gift of the Holy Spirit today. We're going to pray for more. What is the more that you need from God right now? Again, I'm not going to list things because I'm going to miss it because I don't know your need. Only you and God know what your need is today. What I do know is that my God is greater. What I do know is that my God is more than able to do more. And like Pastor Rob, I want to believe for more. So would you stand with me, please? The the musicians and the singers, they're going to sing through some songs. And I'm going to pray a prayer right now. And it's, it's going to be the only prayer I pray as our group for our group. And once we start singing, I'm going to encourage you to come forward. Maybe you want to stay in your seats and pray. It's completely up to you. If you need to leave, you're free to leave. But I don't want you to miss the more that God has for you. That's up to you. I'll ask the question again. Do you believe and trust Jesus? It's a very simple question, but it takes action on our part. So I'm going to pray. When I'm done praying, they're going to start singing, and I'm just going to encourage you to come forward, and let's pray. Father, I am so grateful for your Holy Spirit. I'm so grateful, God, that you have given us this gift because you know we need your Holy Spirit in our lives. We need to be strong in your strength to do what you have called us to do here today on this planet in your name. And so I'm going to pray right now, God, as people come forward, seeking the baptism in the Holy Spirit that you're going to do that because you have promised it's a promise it's the promise of your Holy Spirit God all we have to do is receive it and God there's going to be others going to come forward and they just need more whatever that more is we're going to believe with them that you are going to answer the prayer for more because it's not because of us it's because of you It's because of what you have done, Lord Jesus, and what you offer us, what you give us, and we will simply receive it. So I pray for more. I believe for more today for your people in this place right now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's sing, let's pray, and let's believe for more.
3: Spirit, you are welcome here, come flow. stand against what a powerful